Now, it's not about categorization here, Robert. It's actually about what do people need. It's not what they want. It's what people need. And I was able to dig into that gold and utilize that in my workplace is finding out what the personalities need because we all need something different. And this is what happens in business. Welcome to Elevate, a podcast about achievement, personal growth, and pushing limits in leadership and life. I'm Robert Glazer, and I chat with world-class performers who have committed to elevating their own life, pushing the limits of their capacity, and helping others to do the same. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Our quote for today is from Ken Blanchard, and it is, the key to leadership is influence, not authority. Our guest today, Ali Mooney, has spent a lot of time thinking about how people influence others and teaching others how to understand it as well. She's an award-winning keynote speaker and the author of the best-selling book, Pushing the Right Buttons. Ali, welcome. I'm excited to have you join us on the Elevate podcast. Oh, thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here. So you've been a speaker for most of your career. Uh, that's how we met. But before that, uh, you worked at an airline and set yourself apart for customer service. Can you talk a little bit about that history and experience? Yes, I never intentionally sought out to be a speaker, but it evolved out of my time at an airline. I started in the airline industry and way back in 1989, there was a new airline that penetrated the market here in New Zealand. We only had a dominant player and Ansett New Zealand came into the market and it was very unique because it introduced all the air bridges, meals on the flights. It was really totally different. And I came in at the ground level. I was a receptionist at head office and I moved up into the ranks and I managed the first class lounge, the frequent suppliers lounge of Ansett Golden Wing, which was so exciting. <laughs> and to be honest, I got that job through sheer attitude, nothing to do with skill. And I have to say that, you know, as business people and people that are working in front line, it's all about attitude, not skill. And uh, we train for skill, but not attitude. And what I loved about the airline, it was so highly emotive, you know, tears when people were leaving and, you know, the joy when people were arriving. I think there was aviation fuel that was addictive for me and I was there for 14 years and I really loved my airline experience. It was a great place to work and move with all echelons of people. I did the training for me there was just quite amazing. So, you know, it was from really factory floor right through to the directors. We had such a, a multi melting pot of different people. And I learned a lot about people there. In terms of what you learned, so you're working in the, was it like the first class lounge? Yes, it was. Yeah. And a, and a member's lounge. So people paid a membership to be there. So um, yeah, it Got was it. looking after our corporate travelers. And so how did your time there influence or set the foundation for your work coaching others on how to understand the differences in people and how to influence them? Well, I, there was an awareness, but I never got that awareness until a woman came to New Zealand. She was one of America's great speakers at the time. Her name was Florence Latour. And I was working crazy hours. And if you know anything about airline lifestyle, if there's a disrupt, you stay there. I've, I've been known to work right through the night because an aircraft went unserviceable. So for me, there was a time in my life where I was working crazy hours and it took its toll a little bit. But a woman came into New Zealand and I think sometimes when the learner's ready, 
the person comes and comes and shares. And she came and shared with me a simple principle about people. And it was around reading people. And she transformed my life. Her name was Florence Latour, and she lived up in Boston Way for a long time. And she shared with me a principle that I started to apply in business. And my management skills just upped the game. My staff was just love coming to work. And my marriage even soared because of this understanding. All right. Well, you know what the next question is. What did she share with you? She shared with me the understanding that we are born with, in our DNA, we have temperament and personality. And it's expressed in our behavior. And when we can understand and have that awareness of others, what happens is we can connect and engage with others better. And she shared with me the four personality types. Now, there are many personality testings out there, but this one was very simple and you could use it on the run anytime. And because of its simplicity, you were able to see people so clearly. And in an airline, you could see it, especially in Disrupt, when people are upset, tense, people's behavior shows themselves into the four quadrants. I'm talking about the four quadrants that she used, which was the playful, the powerful, the precise, and the peaceful. Now, it's not about categorization here, Robert. It's actually about what do people need. It's not what they want. It's what people need. And I was able to dig into that gold and utilize that in my workplace is finding out what the personalities need because we all need something different. And this is what happens in business. You know, our relationships break down because we don't know who is across the table from us and we don't know how to relate to them according to their worldview. And I did this for a very long time in my marriage. And when I understood this, my marriage soared and my ability to communicate with people soared. So can you give me a little archetype of, and you can do it in the context of maybe what it would look like when you were working at that role or in general of an archetype of each one of the four quadrants? All right. Well, in short, could I just say, I'll give you the strengths of all the four types and then maybe how you could identify them just by in front of you. And then in the airline, when something went wrong, how I used it. Could that be helpful? That would be very helpful. Okay, so the first one, the playful, I go through a process of elimination. When I walk into a room, it's, you know, I'm asking myself, is this person loud or are they quiet? So the loud ones are the playfuls. Now, they're very out there and their strength is that they've got great ideas, they're very inclusive, they love to talk, they talk to hear their thoughts. They always are very stylish, they're eye-catching clothes, they're loud and they're demonstrative. So those are easy people to identify. Then there's the powerful. They're very focused type people. Their strength is that they're big picture types, are goal and action oriented, and they're very productive. So they haven't got time to sit around and have a chit chat with you. They're on a mission in life. And they're very functional dressers. They dress how they want to. Little attention to this unless it's vital to their outcomes. They have a strong presence. They use their arms very direct and sort of forceful. Then there's the precise. These are classic dresses. Their strengths are that they're orderly and detailed. They're very cost conscious. They're reliable. They're timekeepers and they're good finishers. So that's their strength. And they're very classic dresses. They like quality and they're much more formal. So if they went to meet you, they'd put out their hand and they only tell on a need to know basis. They wouldn't blab like a playful. If you ask a playful where you're from, you get the whole story. But precise is a very self-contained very private type people. 
And lastly, there is the peaceful. These people have got a good retentive mind, they're great listeners, they delegate well, they're very dependable, and they work really well under pressure, and they're good finishers. These are our quiet ones that always just fantastic listeners. They know all the gossip in the office because people kind of dump on these ones. And they're very conservative in their dress. They don't care how they dress. They're not impacted by externals. So the physical makeup is not really important, but trainer shoes are the number one. They love to be in comfort and thus they wear subtle and calming colors. So that's how you would define them. Okay, now let's talk about a disrupt at an airport. Things go wrong. I have to get on the PA and I have to say, ladies and gentlemen, due to bad weather and fog, the airport is closed. I would see those dynamics, the dynamics of those four personalities just present themselves. Firstly, you hear the playful yell right across the room. They're not afraid of this. You know, they're very out there types. They would yell with a loud voice, excuse me, lady, would you open the bar? Now, this is at six o'clock in the morning. They want relationship. So the bar is the best place to build relationship. So these are the ones that they initiate and they don't mind sort of being a star in the middle of it all. Now, the powerful come straight up to the service desk. They smash their hand on the service desk and say, when's the fog going to lift? Time is money for these people. They don't want to be sitting around an airport. They've got things to do. Now, because I know a powerful is the doer and they want to achieve, I can defuse him so easily by just saying, I can imagine that you've got meetings in another destination where you need to be in charge. You see, I'm speaking their language. I realign them, then they soften, they're not aggressive because I'm talking the way that they want to be spoken to. Short, to the point, logic. Now, you see, the precise type would be sitting, listening to that call, going online, looking at where they ought to go next because they're planners. So they want to do their homework first and they're digging deep first. So I would look around for these people, beautifully dressed, poised and sitting there, and I would just use all the business etiquette possible. And I'd say, excuse me, I can see that you're probably wanting an update on this. Would you like to work in the business center away from the noise? See, they don't like noise. So I draw them to the business center. See, I'm speaking their language. And last but not least, as the beautiful peacefuls, they would never come up to a service desk and ask what's happening. They're the watchers and observers. And those are the ones that I got unsolicited letters of thanks. Why? Because I would go to them and I'd say, thank you for being so patient. I'll give you an update now. Because these people just want to be respected for who they are, not for what they do. So here I've given you a picture at an airport in a disrupt, and you can read people if you know what to look for. And I'm guessing this is a little like the love language and that we probably communicate with others in whatever our type is and not whatever their type is, correct? I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, there was a time in my marriage when it was tired. It was not on the rocks, but it was very tired. I was working, I was giving to my community and raising a home, family, children. And 
I never felt loved by my husband. I knew he loved me, but I never felt it. And I love this love language because it was outside of personality. It changed my relationship with my husband. He is an acts of service and waiting at the gate for me when I came home. He'd have a hot drink ready for me. He'd have a hot drink in the morning when I woke up. And his was acts of service. But I hungered for words because I'm a words person. So we usually give what we need. And for years in my marriage, I never thought that I was loved. And yet he was loving me right through this. Yes, it's similar, but this is your inbuilt propensity. Personality is different, but it aligns itself with the love language. I think I remember you speaking, he, he, you're right, you're playful, he's precise, and you're talking about how he would fold corners on the toilet paper and the stuff in the bathroom, and right, and that that was how he was, he was showing his affection. That's true, that's true. I was afraid to go to the toilet in the middle of the night, because when I got back, the bed would be made. He was so organized and structured. But you know, for many years, Robert, I thought he distrusted me, because his questions are, where are you going? How long are you going to be? Who are you going to be with? And when are you coming home? Now, you see, I interpret that as a playful he doesn't trust me. It had nothing to do with that. He was trying to figure out when I'd be home so those things would be done. The house would be warm. Um, you know, my bed would be ready for me. And those kind of things. And this is what happens in relationships. We don't get each other. We don't understand the drivers of these other people that we come in contact with. And to the quadrants, they seem to line up a little bit similar to the disc spectrum. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. They're all rooted out of Hippocrates' work, and some yeah. went further to go like the Myers-Briggs. The disc profile is exactly the same. Florence, she used Hippocrates' terms, Greek terms, sanguine, choleric, phlegmatic, melancholy. Well, when I came to New Zealand, my corporates didn't want to know about that, so I just changed it somewhat to giving it when I say playful, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When I say precise, you get it. So I've made it simple. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? Two years ago, I bought a dual suspension mountain bike for the first time, and it pushed me to ride trails that I had never been willing to try before. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing the possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. The Lexus GX comes with available dynamic sky panorama glass roof, available front row massaging seats, best-in-class towing capacity, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, and available multi-terrain select. I've seen the new Lexus GX popping up all around my town, and not only does it have the capabilities to take you to new places on and off the road, but it's a great-looking car. The new Lexus GX is ready to raise the bar for you. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. It helps you identify and hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Case in point, last year I asked the CEO of a major ski resort how he got his job, and he told me that he saw it on LinkedIn and decided to apply. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. The team at LinkedIn is also constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash practical. That's linkedin.com slash practical to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So you took these principles, you knocked everyone's socks off and in the lounge. When did you transition into speaking and creating the book? Like how did it, how did it move beyond your job? Well, I think you were right about there was sometimes around 40, there seems to be a a challenging moment in a lot of people's lives. I've traveled the world and it's the conversations that I hear all the time. You know, we're so different in our marriage. The only thing that we got in common is that we got married on the same day (laughs) and the differences there that sit with us. And some people, you know, want to get out of the relationship with that. So it was when it was tired and Florence came and I loved what you said in your podcast. I listened to one of your podcasts and you said, Mark Twain, the two most important days of your life is the day you were born and the day you find out why. And I was starting to begin to find out why I was born. I had a message I could storytell. And so this was me stepping away. I loved the airline lifestyle, but good is the enemy of the best. And I wanted to get out there and share this most amazing tool that really was the glue that brought my marriage back into a thriving marriage. I've been married 50 years this year, and it's I know that this is the major tool that I've been able to use that helps me to understand who my husband is and who my family is. Different, but not wrong, you know, just different. Well, let's talk about the personal and then we can get more into the business. But one of the things that I remember when you spoke was you asked all the couples in the room to sort of line up by quadrant and most of them were in the opposite quadrant. So the yes. the playful were married to the precise and the peaceful were married to the the powerful. This is the classic, I think, strength is a weakness. It was interesting to me. So clearly there's some harmony that's created in a relationship where these things balance out, but it's probably also the thing that drives people the most crazy about their partner. Well, before marriage, you're fascinated by it. You're drawn to it because opposites attract. And then after marriage, you're frustrated by it because they just see the world from a different perspective. But I think marriage is more than that. You know, if we go higher into wisdom, we see that, you know, he completes me, I complete him. And at the end of the day, we are totally, fully complete in ourselves. I need him in my life because he's so much more structured and organized. I'm random, creative. And so we meet some. Somewhere, and over time, we become this beautiful oneness, and it's so lovely. But it's very interesting, Robert. When we try it, when we think, I can't do this any longer, and people don't know this, they walk away. And what they do is they get deliberate about choosing their own types. But you know what? Second time round, a lot of people have got their own types, but you have to work twice as hard because can you imagine two playfuls in the same household what it is is a lot of fun but nothing gets done two powerfuls they are going head to head because they want to be right and they want to be in charge the two precises they want things done perfectly so these paralysis by analysis and then the two peacefuls well what are we going to do today i don't know what would you like to do oh no you choose and they vacillate like crazy So I just love the fact that when two become one that are so opposites, 
it's it's a beautiful relationship if you know this information. If you don't, it can be a huge frustration. I think I remember you said they marry the opposite and cheat with the same, right? (laughs) Did you hear that, did you? (laughs) Well, it's true. Like you see, uh, playful and a precise, we wilt under criticism and poor yeah. review. I'm this playful. So when I get this negative connotation that I haven't done it right, or he goes behind me and he rejigs the dishwasher because I haven't done it perfectly. And so I'm just wilting under that. So I go looking for my own kind because there's no fun at home. He wants order and I want fun. So when we know our desires, the playful wants the fun, the powerful wants to take charge, the precise want to get it done perfectly, and the peaceful want no conflict. So if you don't know desires, what happens is we just react to them. And so now I make room for the fact that he likes order. If I give him order, then we get into alignment so much better. It's serving each other, really. It's about serving. So what happens is I look for my own kind. It doesn't work because over time we're two fun people, but there's chaos. Two powerfuls, they get sick and tired of the peaceful, (sighs) not making a decision or powerful and a peaceful. So they go looking for another powerful or they go head to head all the time. Can you imagine two precises in the same house? They're just not happy until all the dishes are done. Everything's perfect before they go to bed. So what happens is we look for our own kind, but you have to work really hard when you've got your own kind. Right. So you speak to a lot of um, business, leadership, entrepreneurial groups. You run into um, a lot of powerfuls who I think, upon hearing this, have had some epiphanies about relationships that, that they didn't understand and with their own family and otherwise. Can you talk a little bit about a few of those stories? You mean in business or in... Yeah, or, or both. Well, in business, like my boss that I first went out to the lounge, she was a powerful and the turnover of staff was incredible because she'd come in and she'd just be ruthless. She'd just say what it is and nobody could really work with her. Now, Robert, I'm not tertiary educated. I've just learned a simple life tool that has really just taken me to places all around this world speaking to business heads it's more eq and and so what happened was she just couldn't relate to people because she just was direct there was nothing that she couldn't do but she just her way about doing it was really offended people in learning this i learned to appreciate what she was good at and i spoke into her strength area well i just lined myself up i wasn't intentional about it but i got her job well there are other people that were far more qualified than me to get that job as manager but i got it because i had this people skill it's just a simple tool but i know it works but it's not about the categorization, as I mentioned earlier. It's about what we need. You see, playfuls need attention, affection, approval, acceptance. So what does that look like in business? When I have a playful colleague, always ask them what they did in the weekend. If you don't, they'll just keep repeating themselves. So get it over and done with in the first two minutes of saying, how was your weekend? The powerful, they want recognition for what they do. They want appreciation for all that they've done. And you see, I was able to speak that into her life as my colleague, and she just thrived in that. The precise, what do they want? They want order, sensitivity, silence, support. And what does the peaceful want? They want respect and value. 
They want to be known as the human being, not the human machine. A powerful wants to be known as the human machine. So this need is the key. It's not about the categorization. It's the need. So when you go through life looking at that person and trying to identify who they are and start speaking the need into them, oh, my goodness. It's unbelievable. I pretty much get 99% success rate when I sell my services to organizations as a speaker. I don't have to be a rocket scientist. You know, the FBI uses to get into the criminal mind. All I do is sit around the table and I see who's there and I'm speaking their language. I hope that is where you wanted me to go because labels have a tendency to go off on tangents, as you can tell. <laughs> well, this may be a generalization, but I think, so in the business world, I think you'll see a lot of CEOs, mm-hmm. you know, department heads in, in the powerful. You see a lot of sales and marketing yes. in the playful. You see a lot of customer service probably in the, yes. and then in the, in the precise, you see the CFO, COO, yes. probably, probably down in that corner. You've got it right. That's pretty much it. So, you know, being deliberate about choosing your staff. I love what Peter Drucker said. He said, in every organization, we need a people person, a thought person, a steady person, and an action person. And, you know, being deliberate about choosing your staff, don't choose just people that you like. It's finding people that may be uncomfortable in, in the group because they will bring something rich to the table. What do playfuls bring? Innovation, ideas, creativity. What does the powerful bring? Focus, assertion, the visionaries, the precise. What do they bring? Method, structure, compliance, the rules. We need them. And what does the peaceful bring? They bring mediation. They bring clarity because they're fabulous listeners. And so they hear what others aren't hearing. So when you're building a business, it's so important that we start to look at, you know, somebody that might be so opposite to you, not easy to work with, but bringing that richness. And then you've got the tapestry of all of them. But you probably shouldn't put a playful in charge of your books, right? No, definitely not. (laughs) My husband is in my business with me and he keeps me out of jail. I'm telling you, I don't know about GST and the the IRD and all of that. So, no, you don't. So, you be deliberate about where you place them. But you put them in a place where they can strategize and, you know, they're strategic in their thinking and they make goals way out there and they move back from the set goal. Most often we move toward a goal. This is where they are brilliant. That's why they're good strategic leaders. So Playful's leadership is inspirational. They never tire of encouraging. When the heat's on, they can always lift them up to a new place. The powerful is the visionary leader. They're big picture. They cast, they cast, they can see what can be done and then they know it's doable and they just get on and do it. The precise leadership is strategic. They dot their I's and they cross their T's and they do the homework. And peacefuls are definitely the diplomatic, the Mahatma Gandhis, the Nelson Mandela's, the collaborative ones. So we all have a leadership style. However, if you're leading and if you're a playful leader and you're everywhere and encouraging and all words, but you've got a precise, see, leadership is influence. That's what Maxwell said. It's nothing more, nothing less. So I might have to adapt my leadership to the people that are around me that I'm leading. So this is why it's really important to know personality and to know the leadership styles so that you might talk again the language. People are more apt to relate to you if they perceive that you view the world as they view it, not as you view it, as they view it. 
All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. You can have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. DoorDash is a regular go-to in our household. We have a group of hungry teenagers who all want to eat something different. My kids use DoorDash. My wife and I also use it when we want a good meal but don't have the time to cook. Some of our favorite restaurants now have delivery available for the first time. In fact, there are over 3,400 restaurants in 3,300 cities now on DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code ELEVATE. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code ELEVATE. Don't forget, that's promo code ELEVATE for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. And we're back with Ali Mooney. So for a lot of powerfuls who are used to this dynamic in the workplace and then go home, I know you've, you've seen this and talked to someone. I think you, you told a story about someone who came up to you and had a little bit of a, of a breakthrough. But are, are they taking their powerful style and struggling to relate to maybe their spouse, but then their kids and not understanding their need and, and their sort of language? Yeah, well, one of my signature stories in my talk, I talk about a father that was came to my talk and he just said, you know, I'm a captain of industry. I've been very successful and I'm making a truckload of money. But tonight I had an epiphany because I have a son at home and that son you've described as a peaceful. And because he's a peaceful, he works hard. He comes home, does his homework, does his chores, and rest is his reward. Peacefuls need rest to restore their soul. And he said, I come home most nights and look at him on the couch and say, get off the couch. Why aren't you down at the rugby club? When I was your age, I was on every conceivable sports team. I had a job after school, blah, blah, blah. You see, the powerful didn't understand the world of that peaceful. And I call it the AIDS epidemic, alienation, isolation, dislocation, and separation. And you see, that's what's happening in our homes, it's happening in community, in our businesses. We have a disconnect because we don't get them. Now, that man went home that night and he changed his world. He was a powerful in personality and he sat with his son and he just got raw and authentic and said, I have failed you because I wanted you to be like me. That was just such a breakthrough. And he's got a beautiful son that's grown into a young man that's just doing so well because the father is speaking into that son's life according to how that son sees it. And this is what we don't do that well in business and in home. And we get tired. You see, powerfuls tire of the peacefuls that are just so, they can't make decisions, they fascinate, and so they come home and they want a stimulating conversation about business, and these ones that are so supportive. But, you know, those powerfuls need that peaceful because they'll always champion that powerful to do everything that they ought to be, that they can and capable of doing. But you see, what we try to do is change people, and that's where we come unstuck. <laughs> What are the other restorative, so what are the restorative needs of the other personality types? For the peaceful, they just want to be known for who they are, not for what they do. They want to be respected more than anything else. And they just grow when you language your conversations around that. If you've got a playful teenage daughter, you've got to tell her she's a princess every day. <laughs> 
I was going to say you're in trouble if you have a play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, no, she's a socialite and she loves doing stuff. But listen, if you don't tell her who she is as a princess, she's no one like her. And you're thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm just building big ego into that girl. No, you're not. You're actually aligning her and she can hear from her father that she's the number one. And so she won't be going looking for the undesirable arms that you know, she might search for because they have the greatest hunger for attention, affection, approval, and acceptance more than any other type. And if you don't, as a father, give that child that, then they'll go looking for it somewhere else. And it's the same with the powerful. He wants to be known for what he does. See, their greatest fear is loss of job and sickness. So what happens is if you don't create environments where they can thrive and do, they get lost. You find powerfuls that finally retire, they sometimes don't live very long after that because their whole life is around the worth of what they do. So these are the people who should not, who sell their business and then regret it. Yeah. Or they probably become entrepreneurs that just have to go and do something else. As long as they've got something that they can continue to have interest in, because they are just people that are natural born leaders. They're the judge, jury, executioner. They just have to get in life and do life. And so they get restless when they retire. It's just very difficult. So you know, to encourage powerfuls to have continual interests when they retire, you know, and they usually do because they're very successful. Hey, Elevate listeners, whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify is the partner you need to keep the cash register ringing for your e-commerce business. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading platforms. I advise a lot of companies in the e-commerce space, and almost all of them have migrated to Shopify. And as a buyer, what I love about buying from Shopify-enabled sites is that they already know who I am, and I don't have to create a new account or enter all my payment info. The ShopPay service makes it faster and easier to buy, which surely helps with conversions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com elevate, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com elevate now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com elevate. And you may have talked about this before, but um, in terms of the ability to speed read people and quickly figure out what are some other tips in the, in the business world or personal for people to make that quick assessment of who they're dealing with and, and should they change their approach? So, you know, you talked about speaking and getting all the speaking. I assume the way you would pitch a powerful is different than how you would pitch a playful or, or a precise or a peaceful, right? Do you change your pitch? Well, if you're just going into a room and meeting those people around the business table, you know, if I picked up that one was very playful, chatty and asked me about my life and what am I up to, you know, I pick up that they were very playful. But I go through a process of elimination, Robert, when I go into a room, I ask, are they moving fast or are they slow movers? Are they efficient in their approach to things? Are they, are they lingering? Do they sort of hedge about and sort of take the long road? Are they direct or compliant? These are the things that I'm 
in my head, I'm being deliberate in a meeting. Are they loud or quiet? Are they task-oriented or relational? So the playful and the peaceful are very relational. The powerful and the precise are task. So if I'm picking up that that's a powerful, I just abandon the relationship side because they want to go straight to business, bottom line, <laughs> outcomes, results. Yeah. So then I start to talk in that manner. You know, it's being all things to all people, but you are much more effective. But playful and peaceful is want to build a relationship first. They'll only buy from people they like. That's number one. Powerfuls don't care if you like them or don't like them. But you've got to get to the bottom line quick. Precise as they want all the detail and data. They want to know that you know your product and that you've got something to base it on so that they can go away with information. So when I'm around the table, I'm definitely working hard at trying to find out. I get it wrong sometimes, but most of the times I get it right trying to work out who they are so I talk the language the hearer understands. It's no use me talking to a playful from a powerful perspective. That would overwhelm them. All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Ready? I want yeah. you to pitch me yourself as a speaker in all four <laughs> quadrants. Okay. Yeah. So for the playful, I would be, I would definitely come in and I would look for a photograph because if something, if there was, a, if it was a playful, oh, there was a photograph on the wall, I would definitely build a relationship first. You know, they just buy, they're happy to buy if they, you like them. <laughs> so they've got this huge need because I know their need. They want to be liked and accepted. So you wouldn't even talk about your speaking credentials. You totally would totally not. No. In build fact, a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes I don't even get onto that. <laughs> because um, we've run out of time because we've talked about story. I just won the motor because they like me. They'll buy from people they like. Right. Now, I don't go into a room and if I see a powerful, he's short. In fact, he put his hand up. You know, if I start to get into a conversation that's irrelevant, he'll just put his hand up at me, you know, speak to the hand. Like we're here on business. And so I know that he wants outcomes. So what can I do for him? I'm talking outcomes to him. And how is it going to lift his business and the value that I can bring? Because they know that they have conflicts with others. Because, you know, they're disturbers. And disturbers do create conflict. And they jolly well know that. So I yeah. might bring in a story about conflict for them and how this model can just override and help. So they like that. So it's outcomes, bottom line. For the precise, I have to go in there. They're asking themselves, who is this? Is, is this an intelligent person? I would stop all the chatter for sure. And I don't mind silence with preciseness because they like it. It makes me squirm. In fact, Robert, I call it my bottom goes tight sometimes because I'm busting to talk because I'm a talker. But when I get into a room with a precise, I allow the silence. Silence is golden for them. And would you say I spoke 42 times last year or very, very data oriented? Definitely. I would give them the facts and, you know, how is this going to change in terms of the relationship side? And, and they struggle. They, they struggle socially. They do everything out of duty, not real desire. They want to go home to their family, are everything to a precise. And so when I start to create, and I might bring a story in, you know, they'll listen to that story because they'll say, hey, that's me. So I try to bring in the story of each of the personalities. And for the peacefuls, I don't mind. I don't mind the silence because they just are reflective. They are really incredible CEOs. I'm amazed at how many CEOs are peacefuls. 
And it's because they're collaborative. They don't mind people being smarter than them. And what they do is they just draw these people in. So for me to speak around the table with the peaceful, it's a lot of silence because they're just thinking. But I will say, you know, I can help you in this area and I can help take this workload from you and I can tell them what I can do for them because they're just cruisy type people. They get stuff done, they're very administratively inclined, but they want somebody to give them a system in it. And I know that for Peacefuls, they've got a hidden will of iron, these people are strong. Oh, I've met so many inner strength Peacefuls and you can't push them around, but I give them time. Peacefuls want time. So I would say, look, in a couple of days time, I'll give you another call. And if there's any questions, I would never ask a peaceful immediately. Okay, can we just tie this up? I could do that to a powerful but not for a peaceful. A peaceful one needs time. So I bring them in a couple of days' time. You've given some thought to that. How have you thought about that? Is there something that I can help you with? Have you got any questions? It's the same with discipline of children. Give the powerful choice. Don't ever go head-to-head with a powerful. You'll never win. Have you got a powerful child, Robert? Uh, yes. I Well, <laughs> he's somewhere between powerful and, um, and playful. He is, he is loud and, and wants to be right. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to be right. Yes. These are do things my way and you'll have fun. If you don't, you won't. <laughs> yes. Every, every, everything is a battle. Yeah. Yes. I know. <laughs> you boys, they do, don't they? But they don't mind a battle. It's not like, it's not a personal thing. It's just, they got to be right. It's the thing. Well, I think you said once that the playful is you hear them before you enter their room and I can always hear him wherever he is. Totally. Yeah, we don't mind yelling across the street. We go into a room and we yell across the room. It's just, and my husband's always going, shh, shh, be quiet. You need to be in a restaurant and be so loud. I'm still learning. After 50 years, I'm still learning. So I'm curious, do you do sales training? Yes, I do. Because selling according to personalities is something I really love. Because on a sales model, there's 40% of your sale is relationship building. 30% is ascertaining needs. 20% is offering solutions and 10% is to close. Now, that's just a sales model. And I love this because I've got this tattooed in my head when I'm selling myself. First of all, the best way is, first of all, relationship built. Now, playfuls are good at that, but useless at asking for the sale because you might say no, and that's inferring (laughs) that you don't like them. So when I see the different personality where there eases, I talk about sales. And so I'm a playful, peaceful. So I'm good at listening, which you probably wouldn't believe today. But anyway, I do listen sometimes. So I'm good at offering some solutions because I'm hearing what others are saying. And I'm good at relationship building, but I'm not very good at the close. So I've had to learn what my dis-ease is. And I'm more deliberate about my disease, about ascertaining needs, qualifying, qualifying, and asking for the sale. So if you're a powerful, you're, all you want to do is go for the sale and you've got this insatiable appetite to close, but you know you haven't got it for a return um, sale because you're not building a relationship that well. So being deliberate about those four areas, relationship building, ascertaining needs, offering solution, and the close, take your money and run. I think that'd be very helpful to anyone in sales who's listening. So this is usually the last question that I ask, and, and I'm curious, you could answer it in the, in the context of, of what you do and the personalities, but what is a personal and professional mistake that you've made that you've learned the most from? 
oh my goodness, I've made so many. <laughs> Professionally, oh, there was two actually. I misread somebody before I knew this in, in subject and it came into our first class lounge and he looked unkept and I said to him, are you a member? And he said, no, but he was a business traveler. And I said to him, I'm sorry, but um, this is a private member's lounge. He was a business class traveler. But that wasn't the one I was thinking about. The thing what I was thinking about is I professionally aligned myself with an organization that didn't have my values. Mm. And honestly, Robert, when your values and the values of an organization aren't in alignment, there's a whole lot of stress. And so that was a big error that I made. And I remember when I stepped away, he said, you'll never make it on your own. And I can't wait to meet him one day because <laughs> I've had a fabulous journey with my professional work. The other one, personally, as I touched on with the love languages, and for any listeners that are listening, oh, you've just got to read that book. It was just transformational for me. I felt so unloved for so long, and I nearly made foolish error in wanting to walk away from my marriage. It was tired because I needed to hear words. He is an acts of service. There's time, and there's quality time, and what's the other one? Gifts. So all of those, but he was an acts of service and I didn't feel loved because he was doing little tasks for me, but I wanted to hear it from the mouth. And I tell you, Robert, there was a time when we traveled for 300 kilometers and I thought I'm going to test him. So I sat in the car and said nothing. And he got to a destination and he said, wasn't that a lovely trip? And I gave him a bit of my lip. I told him it was the worst trip I've ever had. I had to keep quiet. I'm just waiting for him to talk to me, blah, blah. And he was astounded that I'd felt this way. I said, people were looking at us in the car and they were saying, those people don't like each other, do they? He gave me a card one year. And he said on this card after 45 years of marriage, he wrote on the card to Alison Mooney from Brian Mooney. Now, get a load of that. 45 <laughs> years in a marriage, that's all he could come up with? <laughs> I just gave him a bit of my lip again because we do that, playfuls do. And he was astounded. Now, you see, he doesn't do words that well. But yeah. he, honestly, he's packing my bags. He waits for me at the front gate. Oh, my goodness. And I had to interpret his love for me. And I'm in the marriage after 50 years because of that. I interpret his love. I bet your bag is never overweight at the airport. Never overweight. <laughs> I overweight it when I leave because I have to go and buy when I go to different destinations. And I have to ring him and say, oh, hun, I've just paid $100 for excess luggage. Oh, my goodness. You're right. Well, Ali, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, website, www.allison, it's two L's, A-L-L-I-S-O-N, Mooney, M-O-O, zero, zero, not zero, zero, O-O, N-E-Y, dot co, C-O, dot N-Z for Americans, N-Z for New Zealanders. So that's my website, and I, you can get me, in my email is Ali, because Ali to friends, A-L-L-I-E, at Alison Mooney, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-M-O-O-N-E-Y dot co dot N-Z for North America. We can say N-Z here. So those are my websites. And my book, Pressing the Right Buttons, um, you can probably get that on Amazon. It's a great book. It will really help people. And I've just had so much affirmation through that book. It's really been a helpful tool for people. Okay, great. And Allie travels all over the world and works with teams and organizations uh, everywhere. So she's often probably in an area near you. Well, 
Allie, thank you for sharing your story with us. You are a great example of how presentation and personality can make complicated concepts like human behavior much more easy to understand and interesting for all kinds of different audiences. I really enjoyed hearing you speak and learning from your work. Thank you, Robert. You've really got it. I appreciate that. Go spread the word. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in to the Elevate podcast today. We'll be sure to include links to Allie and her book on the episode page at robertglazer.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd really appreciate if you could leave us a review as it helps new users to discover the show. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, you can just select the library icon, click on Elevate, and scroll down to the bottom to leave your review. And if you're listening in a browser or a different app, you can find links to review on other services under the podcast link at robertglazer.com. Thanks again for your support. And until next time, keep elevating. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.